to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, are looking to the future, and are profiting because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. Hey, I had a great opportunity a short while ago to speak to a group of small business people and solopreneurs on how to truly stand out from the competition and build your own brand effectively. I brought along my handy recorder so that I could share the talk with you. I hope you like it. I, I want to add uh, a little extra value today. Um, normally, I would just do um, uh, just a bit of a talk and let you in on some of the things that I'm up to and hopefully help you that way. But I thought the real value comes, and this is something that we just put into uh, practice uh, with Chris. We were uh, up at Fort St. John and we did a mini, so, uh, mini social media camp. And I decided to do my talk helping one of the local companies put a social media campaign together. And it worked like gangbusters because to hear me blah blah about myself or about what I'm up to is extremely boring. But if I can take what I do, and we can, in this group, help one of your companies build a better brand right here, live, real time, I think that would be super, super valuable. So I'm not going to go that long. I'm going to explain a little bit about building your own brand and why it's important. But then I hope very quickly to change gears and to grab one of you, and maybe all of us together can brainstorm a better brand for that solopreneur. Does that sound okay? Yeah? So think about it. If your brand could use a little bit of a polish, you might think about practicing raising your hand. Okay? Okay, let's get started. I want to start with a problem that I had. Um, I was uh, working for a, a local medical innovation company, uh, Starfish, great company. And the CEO, Scott, said, Mark, I want to tell more companies about you. So how do I introduce you in an email? And I said, well, just tell him I'm a brand consultant. And he looked at me and he laughed. And he said, oh, there's a lot of you around, aren't there? And I went, oh, no, it's true. The term brand consultant has become completely devalued and generic. Even worse, I've got 25 years experience doing this. And when you see the title, I could just as easily be a college kid with a computer in the basement. There is absolutely no differentiation. So it is a terrible term, completely generic, terrible for adding value to my business. I'm, I'm sure that probably rings true for a few of you. I mean, how do you define yourself? That's a good one. <laughs> um, I am an organizational development consultant, a leadership coach, and, and the rest I'm here to figure out. Really? All right. Would you call her up? Would anybody know what that meant? What about yourself? We turn ideas into profitable action. There you go. That sounds good. Lolan? I help solopreneurs to get uh, and stay focused on the important things and uh, using um, systems. Online systems. All right. I think we'll be able to help. I think we'll be able to help push this bean forward a little bit. So I said to Scott that I'm a brand consultant. He laughed. He said, that's very generic. I said, oh, that's terrible. 
And so I went home, and being a creative director, I said, there must be something that I could do to define what I do in a way that adds value. Now, being a technical Luddite, I didn't reach right away and create a website for myself. I said, why don't I put a PowerPoint presentation together on what I do? And more importantly, what I do better. And that's what I did. It was a simple little thing. Looking at it now, it's a couple of years ago. Looking at it now, I get a smile because I go, ooh, it's kind of cornball. But this is what it looked like. Starts with, I simplify brand problems. What they want, there's a big barrier between what you have. And what I do is make what uh, they want what you have. That, not to put too fine a line on it, is what I do. I'm Mark Stoiber, brand strategist. I know how to wrap your product in a message that'll make people want it. Again, not terribly technical, right? I simplify. I provide outside the jar perspective. I make you stand out. And then it gets into testimonials, proof that I actually do what I do. I helped save Mr. Clean, made him Procter & Gamble's turnaround of the year. Uh, at Gray uh, Advertising, I, hel I helped merge AIM and Trimark together and made them the number one mutual fund company in Canada. Uh, as founder of Change, I took Fortis uh, Natural Gas and oversubscribed the commercial offering for uh, uh, renewable natural gas, biogas. And uh, as an independent, helped launch brands like Pure Pharmacy and Palm Natural Markets. And blah, 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 blah. I can help you too. And then it comes to the sell uh, for an afternoon, $2,000. I can help you figure out how to build your brand better. So I did this. And I thought, well, how am I going to get it out to the world? I sent it to Scott, by the way, and he sent it to his clients, and they liked it. So I sent it out to a couple of friends as a PowerPoint, and they liked it. I said, well, maybe there's something here. There's all these people showing all the love. And so I, I named it, So What Do I Do Anyway? And amazingly got the, got the dot com for it, Swadita. Um, it, it, I couldn't believe that it was still available. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I get confused with African culture a lot because it's a, yeah. But yeah, it, you'll, you'll find it actually if you dial in swadita.com. So that still didn't get me anywhere. Now I had a dot com, I had a funky name. How do I get this thing out? Um, I went to a, a program called SlideShare where you can upload slideshows. It's the meeting place for Luddites like me. And I uploaded it there, and lo and behold, it's a LinkedIn program. So that meant that I could uh, put it on my LinkedIn profile. There it is, and this is like uh, under my brand strategist title on, on LinkedIn. I can put this thing in here so people can click on there and go straight to the slideshow. And then I went one further, and I put it as an email signature on all of my emails. So uh, there is a way that you can actually program a link. So you, I, if you read my email and you click on this thing like it asks you to, it'll take you to that SlideShare program. Now, what is remarkable about this is that inside of three weeks, I had 2,000 people download essentially my resume. How many of you get that? The, the, the way that this thing captured people's imagination was remarkable and it was a silly little slideshow. That's all it was. So I showed it around to a few more people and lo and behold people started coming up and say, hey would you build one of those for us? And if you go to the Swadita site the, on SlideShare you'll find a whole bunch of folks that we've done this thing for. 
So for example, uh, Vivo, which is a culture and team building company out of Vancouver, I built one for them. And these are just a couple of slides. Humans are tough to decode. Teams, even tougher to decode. That's our superpower. Vivo builds teams and develops leaders. Now, what's interesting about it is that when I gave them this Swadita, they then went and turned it into their corporate video. And they also turned it into posters because there was a whole bunch of bright visuals with snappy little headlines. And they took those and turned them into posters for trade shows. And then they turned it into collateral, so they're a brochureware, and a video for their website. They took that and basically played it out. So I was going, wait a minute, they're, we're onto something here. I did one for a financial manager in Vancouver who does estate and legacy planning. I'm like, if, you, if I can make that halfway sexy, then all right, job well done. Because money doesn't give you peace of mind. Having money for legacy doesn't give you peace of mind but an intelligent, insightful plan for your legacy, that gives you peace of mind. He liked it, his clients liked it, so apparently job well done. Again, I think, you know, you can stretch it as far as you want. I, I thought this would be a great challenge, seeing if I could do something for an estate planner. Um, this is Jason Boudreau. He's a good looking guy, that probably doesn't hurt. I did one for a psychologist in Silicon Valley who does therapy for venture capitalists and executives who are feeling burned out. Who knew? Uh, his name is John Habibi, and if you, you can't really see this, but it says, I'll be happy when I close that deal, I'll be happy when I raise this round, I'll be happy when I get to IPO, I'll be happy, I'll be happy, I'll be happy. Or will you? Sure, achieving your way to happiness sounds logical, but the happiness is fleeting, that's where I come in. Hi, I'm John Habibi. So, I've done this for behavioral psychologists, I've done this for realtors, I've done this for businesses, I've done this for solopreneurs, and that is not, I don't want to pitch my services here because quite frankly these things are a bit of a pain in the butt and it doesn't pay, but I think it's a nice segue into what we want to talk about today. That is how to create a brand for yourself using something this simple. Because what this is, this forces you to think about what you should say. Because otherwise, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just a bunch of slides. So, what I want to talk about is what goes into creating something like this. The first thing that you need to understand when you create a brand for yourself is, and this is another acronym like SOHO, what is your USP, your unique selling proposition and I want you to write down a book it's not my book <laughs> I don't get anything from this but it is one of the best books on the subject I've ever read it's called why Johnny can't brand why Johnny can't brand and it is absolutely phenomenal for people who want to figure out how to say what they do more effectively so you have to figure out what your USP is what your value proposition is now, <clears throat> this is the way that they break it down in why Johnny can't brand. I am the first slash best slash only blah de blah de blah because something, something, something. This is extremely important to this person, that person, and the other person because. Now, the key to this is first 
best only. I'm a brand consultant. As you heard uh, when I said this to Scott Phillips, uh, saying I'm a brand consultant makes him laugh because we're a dime a dozen. So I had to find something that I was first best or only at. And most of you will throw in the towel when you think that because you go, it's impossible. I'm a florist. We're a dime a dozen. There's a million of us out there. How could I be the best first only? I'm going to show you how to do that in a second. But I'm going to tell you first that it's extremely important. What's the third commandment? Thought so. I'm Catholic. All I remember is the oxen one. Oxen and killing. I think that's, a, that's the only commandment that I, I remember. And I, I was raised Roman Catholic. Thou shalt not. Uh, there's a lot of thou shalt not. And then I remember covet oxen because I just love that one. Um, <laughs> so we've had a while to figure out the Ten Commandments. And nobody can remember more than one or two of them. There is only room in our brain for number one or maybe number two. What's the number three? Cola. Cola. Coke, Pepsi. Yeah. There is no number three cola. You know? We know, I believe it's uh, Avis, is, budget is number one, Avis is number two, and then it's fuzzy. Right? It's a mess. We as humans are programmed to remember one in each category. That's the gold medal, exactly. Who, who climbed Everest second? Exactly. So we are programmed to remember one, and that's why it is absolutely critical that you figure out what you're going to be number one at. Now, this is what I did for myself. I am not the only brand consultant, but I believe that I am the only brand consultant with the experience and the credibility that it takes to take complicated propositions and simplify them and add magic to them. This is extremely important to people in companies that have complex propositions, usually sustainability, healthcare, and tech, because they can't speak human. And I tell you, that proposition works like gangbusters for me, because I go to a tech founder and I say, you can't speak human, I can translate tech into brand. How much you want. <laughs> it is that simple. So I have managed to carve out a niche based on my credibility as an experienced brand consultant and focusing on very narrow sectors in order to make something like this sticky. Now, how do you do that? This is how you do it. This is also in Why Johnny Can't Brand. There's exercises in there. I seriously recommend you take this on. Base is what you do. I am a brand consultant. I'm a dime a dozen. However, if I add extenders to this, I am an extremely experienced brand consultant. That's an extender. I have worked for some of the biggest brands in the world. That's an extender. I have a lot of experience in tech, sustainability, and healthcare. That's an extender. I am 
fortunate enough to have been working before electricity, and now I am still working in the time of digital. So I have bridged a lot of chasms. So that gives me a perspective that a lot of 12-year-olds who are doing SEO and remarketing do not have. So those are all extenders. Let me tell you how this works. When cars were first invented, uh, enterprising man or lady decided to invent rubber things called tires. And because they were the only tire manufacturer in the world, they did a gangbuster business. Of course, as soon as somebody else sniffs that there's a gangbuster business going on, they invent tires too. So then there were two or five or 50 tire manufacturers. Now, the first tire manufacturer, being enterprising, said, you know what, I can't compete here because I used to be the only game in town and now I'm one of 50. I'm a dime a dozen, I have to drop my prices. So that person went and decided to go and make tires for this new thing called trucks. The only truck tire manufacturer in the world. Suddenly they had the complete market corralled again. They were the only one. Of course, they made out like a bandit. Other people came in and said, we want to make truck tires too. Suddenly they were surrounded. That's when they had to get a little creative on their extenders. They said, you know what? We are going to create the luxury truck tire. Or we're going to create the longest wearing, quietest running truck tire. Or we're going to invent the toughest truck tire. <coughs> you name the extender, you can add that extender. And you might say, well, if you are the toughest truck tire, that seriously impinges on the number of people that you can appeal to. Perhaps the market used to be this big, truck tires, and now toughest truck tire customers, maybe there are that many of them. However, if you're the only one competing for that niche, I can guarantee you, you're probably going to get more customers than being one of 50 and being completely forgotten as a truck tire manufacturer. Go narrow, claim your niche, become that number one. That is what you have to do in order to create an effective, unique selling proposition. Am I tracking with everyone? Does this make sense? It, it should appear uh, blindingly obvious in hindsight where you go, oh, that's how it was with me. Like, why didn't I think of that? That is so obvious but we don't do it. We say, we're a florist. I'm a welder. I'm a coach. Oh, that's even worse than brand consultant. <laughs> Personal coach. Life's coach. Oh my goodness. A dime a dozen. I have a question. Um, I don't know about other people in the room, but I do a few different things. And so how does that work when, when do you suggest just choosing one? You have, you have to make this about the value that you bring to people. So I, I'm pretty sure that what you do are probably branches of the same expertise. Yeah. You're not a welder but and a florist. You know, in, some, in some situations, that I'm a mediator. Like I have training mm -hmm. in that, so I mediate conflicts. In other situations, I'm coaching executives, working with them before they go into that big meeting to de-escalate them or help them to you know, grab their power so they can speak up. Um, How would you like to be the one that we do a little exercise with? Yeah? Yeah, I just finished grad school and I'd be grad. That's excellent. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a little exercise with you. Okay, because I think that's, that's a great conundrum to be in. 
and uh, I think we can help. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so is this, is this fairly self-evident? I am the best, blah, because proof one, proof two, proof three, this is extremely important to this narrow segment that I define as this person, this person, and this person because they are feeling this pain that I'm going to help them solve. How did I figure out how, what I'm going to be number one at? Well, I started with the base. I'm a coach. And then I added extender for smart, good-looking people and extremely expensive and high value. And suddenly, I'm the only one. I'm the only coach for extremely good-looking people. I'm extremely high value. And I'm extremely expensive. My name is Lowell Ann. It's that easy. So, here's the thing. Here's the rub. Uh, when you decide that you're going to be absolutely the best uh, nose hair weaver, that's terrific. Good luck at the poorhouse. The second part of the equation is it has to be important to somebody. So, when I do these exercises, the Swadita is the personification of these exercises, these brand exercises. I get that information about Jason Boudreaux, the legacy uh, uh, investor, or John Habibi, the, the psychologist, or Vivo, the culture folks. I figure out what they're best at by talking to them. Sure, I could find out about you from talking to you. But where the real juice, where the real magic happens is if I talk about Lowell Ann to you, one of her clients, and I say, so what is it that makes her special? Holy smokes. Almost every single time, it's like day and night. Let me illustrate with an example from my own past. I, um, I went on my own as a consultant, and I thought, I have to differentiate myself. And I thought uh, clients and ad agencies came to me because I was creatively brilliant, I was innovative, and all the rest. Classic ego. I went to my old boss and I said, boss, why is it that clients liked working with me? He knew me better than anybody else in the game. And he says, uh, you're simple. <laughs> I know, 20 years in the business and I'm Forrest Gump. Stupid is as stupid does. And I said, what? Simple? He goes, no, 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 don't, don't misunderstand. You take really complicated things and make them simple. And I go, it's still not helping. I, I don't feel better. He says, you don't understand. They come and they don't know how to talk their way out of a wet paper bag because it's so hyper complex what they're doing. They can't talk human. And he says, you just pick it up and you turn it into human. And people go, oh, I get it. It's floor polish. <laughs> and that's the, that's the trick. And I talked to client after client after client and said the same thing. So what is it that people come to me for? And I was 180 degrees wrong when I thought of what I did best and what they told me I did best. So once you've found out what you think you do best and who that's important to, talk to a few of your clients. Or even better, get somebody you trust 
to talk to those clients because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Like my boss did, you're simple. So get your spouse or your best friend to talk to your clients or folks that have worked with you. Even better, get them to talk to people who you've disappointed. Former clients, folks who went away, because they'll tell you what you don't do best, which is just as valuable. Okay? So it's extremely important to do some sort of candid research. You don't have to hire a research company. Get your best friend to ask a few of your clients those kind of questions. And again, if you check out Why Johnny Can't Brand, there's a whole chapter on the questions to ask. But it essentially comes down to, so, what do you think? And then you shut up, and they'll just start to talk because they feel dead space, and they feel they need to fill it. People will do that. Okay? So you have to do the research. When I put these Swedidas together, I was not at that time involved in creating pitch decks for tech companies. I've done a lot of pitch decks for tech companies. But on reflection, a lot of what the Swedida was and a lot of the way you can position your own personal brand comes down to the format of a pitch deck. Now, if you haven't checked out Guy Kawasaki's, the only 10 slides that you need in a pitch deck do it as soon as this meeting is over. It is refreshing and illuminating, and it is one of the best brand lessons in 10 slides that you will ever find. And I just downloaded, uh, this is a, a PDF that you can get, but you can get it on SlideShare. You can actually go through the entire slideshow, and uh, you can check out the 10 slides. Now, I'm going to just read them out to you, and again, tell me if this isn't self-evident and obvious. They are, state the problem or the opportunity. I really need somebody to thread my nose hairs because I'm going to a nose hair ball. And so I need that problem solved. So there is an opportunity for all these people who have nose hairs that are just unruly and they need them threaded. Value proposition. I am absolutely the best nose hair threader in the lower mainland, on the island, in the world. Underlying magic. When I thread nose hairs, it's unbelievable. It's a whole day immersive experience. It's like a spa. The business model, I thread nose hairs, I take people's money. The go-to-market plan, this is how I'm going to advertise what, I'm, what I do. The competitive analysis, how many of them are there out there? How many nose threaders are there out there? Am I stepping into a super competitive market? Probably not a bad thing. And if so, do I need to differentiate myself and narrow down my USP even more? So take a look at the competition. The management team. We have a crack squad of nose hair threaders, possibly the best in the world, working for us. And we have a good CFO and a new biz developer. And, and, and. so we are the right team. Financial projections. I think if our projections are on, we're probably going to make a million dollars within the first week. Current status, accomplishments to date. We haven't done anything yet. It's just an idea in my head, but I'm confident. Those are the slides. And looking at it, the Swadita is about stating a problem, stating what you do best, stating how you solve a problem for a person, offering up evidence that you do it, and then closing the deal. Eight of the 10 slides in a classic pitch deck. So if you take a look at pitch decks, you will find a whole lot of inspiration on how to create an effective brand that convinces people. Remember. Those things are written for people who don't know you that you're expecting a million dollars from. If they're going to give you a million bucks, they've got some good ideas in the deck. 
So we've covered the USP, we've covered the base and the extenders, we've covered the importance of research. All right, let's take a one-minute coffee break, two-minute coffee break, and then we'll get into Karen. Thank you. You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast for brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiberg.